EV Comply, simplifying your charge point installations. Another week, another podcast here at EV Comply, and I'm actually joined with a special guest. A huge hello to Will Maiden, who is in fact the co-founder of Fuse. Hello. Hey, Will, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? How are you yeah. doing? Yes, thank you. No one asks me, Will. <laughs> no, I'm joking. People ask me a lot. I am good. I am good. Like most very busy, as we've just said before, off mic. Now, Fuse is an operating system for EV chargers, isn't it? Do you want to elaborate on that, Will, for the listeners for me? Yeah, I can do. It's um, So we're a, a, a UK-based firm, uh, and we've created a hardware agnostic charge point management solution. So what does that really mean? Well, we can work with pretty much any OCPP charger out there. So you can get all of your chargers, regardless of brand and make and manufacturer on the same system and benefiting from the same uh, innovations that we've pushed through our platform. So um, yeah, so we, we offer offer that centralised view of charge points, basically. Okay, so I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial, but how smart is smart charging really well? <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's it's genuinely a really interesting question. We uh, <laughs> we spend quite a lot of time inwardly debating that and outwardly debating it, and talking with organisations uh, like Innovate UK and and other government bodies about what what is smart charging. Because there's a lot of, I would say misconceptions, but misconceptions is probably the wrong word. There's a lot of different views as to what makes up smart charging. So from one extreme, people will say, well, smart charging is just a charger that's connected to the internet. So if you have a a wireless connection, a wired connection, or a cellular connection to the internet, if it can be controlled from outside, that's smart charging. Absolutely on the other end, there's there's the point of view where you plug in, you don't have to do anything and the car uh, the car and the charger work together and charge your car so that it's ready for when you leave. So there's a real variety in between there and there's a variety of what can be included and what isn't included in smart charging. I mean, it, it got so confusing that on uh, we, we tried to, and we have actually defined, and I can share this with anyone who's interested, a, a sort of five, four points different plan as to what we think makes smart charging Right, right down to what's included, whether it includes looking at the, 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 the building to check there's power to do this, or whether it includes looking at the historical use of the vehicle to predict usage. We've got sort of four different levels that we quite happily share with people to try and get some standard. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it, really? I mean, this is happening. It's a movement that obviously is going forth, whether people like it or not. But I do think, you know, the regulation is very scarce in this sector, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I think the the requirements are very different depending on what you're looking at. As a home user, having a smart charging solution um, is beneficial for them. But, but it's a very different problem and a very different solution to a fleet having a smart charging solution just by the sheer number of vehicles attached and, and, and the calculations that need to be carried out. Now, speaking of solutions, you know, how does Fuse go around ensuring that you've hit upon the best one? Because presumably, you know, there is more than one way to skin a cat. Well, I mean, this is this is the point at which I, I do actually big myself up um, because we infuse and uh, we're very keen to push innovation. So we've spent a lot of time reaching out and seeing what, what people are interested in and, and developing solutions to what the problems people are experiencing. And that, that fits within within my part of the uh, of the company where I look very much at the future and see how things can be, be included in. And, and smart charging is one that I was 
went through went through my department uh, probably about a year and a half ago and is now working its way through the system and is about to be launched from us but but um yeah so we spend a lot of time working with people and different government bodies and in, just engaging with people to try and get that that input to drive this this where things need to go now fuse roaming and energy is going to be coming soon isn't it um what's that going to offer to to customers Roaming, as people may or may not be aware, is the ability to use different operators' charge points. Uh, it sounds like it's—it sounds like it's amazing. It sounds like it's a groundbreaking idea. It's not. This is an idea that's been there for years and years and years. Um, and all EV users out there—I mean, I'm—I I have an EV, and I get very frustrated with the. Uh, I think on last count, I had 23 apps on my phone to try and control different charging. Obviously, the best being Fuse, but there were 23 <laughs> other apps. Um, but it's that, why do we need that? As a driver, why why do we need that? And for also to support roaming onto other networks. So basically, you can go to another network and use the Fuse app to control it. So all your card details are just in one place. You don't have to update 17 apps when your credit card gets renewed. You don't have to do all of these things. It happens automatically with one app and one control. So that, that ability to move around from an individual user is great, but from a fleet user... Think of all the different charge points that are on the market that one fleet user just wants to be able to pass the cost on to their employee with one one way of doing it. I mean, it's a real it's a real problem for individual users. It's a bigger problem for fleets, and that's the kind of way we're looking at addressing it. So, I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? That there are apps is. now that allow you to merge all your bank cards together because obviously that's needed. You know, we've got several cards, so it's it's kind of the same. And what's Fuse Energy? Will what's going to be happening with that? Well, so Fuse Energy is is the smart charging with a, a little bit more as well. So um, through our research and through through working with customers, that there are issues that are that, that customers aren't necessarily aware of um so for example people say oh we've ordered we've ordered 20 vehicles therefore we need 20 charge points okay do you need 20 charge points can the building support 20 charge points is probably the more important one because if you need to upgrade a substation that's going to make some some significant impact on your budget so we keep a track on on what the building's using i'll offer some a partner in the sort of energy management within buildings we can offer some control over different parts of that so we can turn off things within the building to allow for more electric vehicle charging but equally we can turn off electric vehicle charging to allow for things happening in the building to take place that's very cool so really it is full um electric vehicle charging management isn't it across the board really eventually that you're going to be offering Absolutely. I mean, this is this is the key thing: is that actually um, charging a vehicle is not plugging plugging it into the wall and and pressing go. That's not what charging a vehicle should be about. Charging a vehicle should be about getting the energy in the vehicle that's required for what it needs to do. Um, and there's lots of different ways we can approach that. And and what seems to be the approach. Uh, most people are taking initially because there aren't tools there to help people so we're trying to provide those tools but the initial approach is basically let's charge it to full and then we have the ability to do whatever we want because we've got a full full tank of gas 
to use an old-fashioned expression now. Do you think in the future then, Will, because obviously the government have the plans for the 2030 and all the rollouts, um, most of the industry is shifting now to 800 volts by 2025. I mean, do you think that we'll have to follow some sort of ranking priority system with this? you know, in terms of ambulance, emergency services and all that. And then, you know, like you say, uh, Betty, who pops to the shops once a week, maybe lower down in the list. I, I, I think there will be a natural rank. There's, there's almost a natural ranking now. I mean, when you when you look back to when there were um, shortages of petrol, the, the, the government enforced the sort of, if you had a certain pass, whether you worked in the police, the ambulance service or the NHS, you could get petrol. Those of you that couldn't got a lower priority. So these things politically come into play when there's a shortage. I'm not sure. Most of the national grid people I've spoke to say that, that, that there actually isn't really a shortage of electricity in theory. I'm not convinced of that, but they say there isn't. And, and to that extent, it's more about when that energy is generated and when it can be used. So that these smart solutions and these energy management solutions become more important because you're using the energy when it becomes available as opposed to when everybody else wants to use it. Um, so I think there will be a natural priority. And I think other things, one of the things where I'm very interested in exploring as well is we... Uh, people talk about uh, vehicle to grid or as it's moved on to now, V2X. And one of the things that's really interesting about V2X is what if it's V to V. So to support an ambulance or to support a fire engine, what happens if the, you know, the, uh, someone else from the fire brigade turns up in another vehicle that just plugs into the fire engine because it's running low? Yeah. You know, well, what happens when it, you know, it plugs into an ambulance because it's running low? We can move power around now and we can take it and use it somewhere and add it, add it in later from somewhere else, as long as we get it right, as long as we get the maths right. Well, I mean, if you think about it at the minute with ice vehicles, you can have a jump start, can't you? You know, so presumably in the future, there will be driving jump packs, you know, that like you say, vehicle to vehicle can go around and can distribute more energy if needed. Yeah. And, and like you said, the government is moving towards this or, or the, the plan of industry shift towards the 800 volts is I think it's brilliant because that that adds that sort of dimension of re- ultra rapid charging that is going to be essential. That that is fundamentally going to be essential as we transition to electric vehicles. But actually, most of that charging, most charging will probably still take place at residences or close to residences or at fleet sites or at depots or at warehouses. It'll be the emergency quick stuff that needs that 800 volts. So it Very is, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, and they are saying around 100 miles per 15 minutes, which isn't, you know, I know people are saying, oh, but it's so much longer than filling up. But really... You know, I think everyone can kill 50 minutes, particularly if you've got a Tesla or something with all of the entertainment that's within them. You know, it's quite easy to to burn the time. Now, two in five EV drivers, Will, are still using public chargers to charge at least twice a week. So following on from what you've just said, you know, about people using their own chargers. Um, The infrastructure clearly isn't there, is it, just yet? No, no. So... Uh, again, I mean, I, I like the, the statistic of two in five because that I'm one of those two in five. I, I live in an old Victorian terrace house um, and I, I don't have off-street parking. I use public infrastructure to charge, um, which is about a five-minute walk away. Um, and it's convenient for me. But when that breaks or when that becomes out of order or when someone's icing it or when someone is... There are lots of things that get in the way of being of it being usable all the time. We're just short of infrastructure. I think just more infrastructure needs to be out there. What also needs to be put into place is, is very much the 
the slower charging in, in suitable locations for people to leave vehicles overnight. And I think this often gets overlooked. Um, I think it's all happening. I think it's just happening slower than I wanted yeah, to happen. Yeah, a little slower than what people want. Now, you've mentioned a few times, Will, that you do, in fact, drive an electric car. What is it you're in? We love this here at EV Comply. <laughs> Um, so, um, as, as, it, as, it's, as it's you guys, I'm going to say I drive a Renault Zoe, um, which is true, but I also have a uh, company Tesla Model 3 as well. <laughs> to be honest, a lot of the guys here have the Teslas. We're a yeah. huge, huge fan of them. And, and do you enjoy both electric cars, Will? I do, actually. And, and weirdly, I, I enjoy them for very different reasons. I have a lot more fun driving the Zoe because the, a lot more people look at it as going, well, that's just a stupid small car. Um, and then you're quite quite quick yeah. uh, obviously still within the speed limit obviously of, oh of course well yeah we wouldn't condone breaking the speed limit in your very fast electric cars <laughs> but the uh but the tesla is a, is a lovely it's a lovely car to drive um uh, i say it's a lovely car to drive it's a lovely car to sit in while you do the minimal to do to drive which is which is nice when it's a long journey i've been purely electric for four years now yeah. Gosh, I mean, back then that must have been a little bit difficult to try and um, plan your routes and stuff because we've come such a long way in the past five years. I, I like new technology. I like the challenges that come with it. Um, I was I was trying to explain to someone who'd not driven one and, and saying that drive somewhere and there is a charge point. I'll often just plug in because I can't guarantee it because I don't have off-street parking. So it's, it's, it's quite an interesting change in mentality. As you were saying earlier, that sort of 15 minutes wait... I'll be honest, on a long journey, I quite like stopping for 15 minutes. And, yeah, you know, you that's to take not that good. time out, you know, as an adult that maybe you wouldn't necessarily take. But it's great to hear, Will, that you're practising what you preach. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Uh, Will Maiden, who's co-founder of Fuse. Will, just before you go, if people want to get involved having listened to this podcast uh, with Fuse, how can they go about that? I think probably the easiest way is just to... Uh, to send me an email i mean I, I have a really complex email address which is will at fuse which has two u's dot io so it's quite straightforward just feel free to pass me a message that would be great fabulous stuff and if people want to go online as well they can look at your website can't they that's also fuse so f w s e dot io and people can go and have a gander yeah, can't w not w FW, not W. Honestly, Will, this is... <laughs> How many times have you said that in your life, Will? Uh, quite a few now, quite a few. Um, so. FW, not W. Very convenient. <laughs> oh, dear, I love that, Will, I really do. It's been so great to chat with you here on the EV Comply podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's companies like yours that are really helping to move things forward. And no doubt we will chat again um, when you've reached your next stage and uh, all the new bits are out. Yeah, uh, no, I, it was really nice chatting to you. And yeah, I'll happily come back whenever you want me. 